following program is brought to you by the Western Cape Government. Better together. And of course, the following program, that is the night surgery. And I'm with my guest this evening, who is Dr. Irshad Musa, family physician. Dr. Musa, Salaam Alaikum. Wa Alaikum Salaam. And how are you this evening? I'm well, Alhamdulillah. MashaAllah. And uh, shukran very much for availing yourself once again to be here with us. It's a to, pleasure. Alhamdulillah. Shukran very much. So, mouth. <coughs> This evening, it's all about general medical questions. Is that correct? That's you, correct. You, you'll yeah. endeavor to answer the questions that listeners have around general medical questions, inshallah. Inshallah. Right. So, uh, the listener, I have Dr. Irshad Musa here with me. Practices at uh, Kromboom uh, Medicenter, that's in Kromboom Road, Crawford. And his telephone number there is 021 Repeat, 021-696-8789. That is if you'd like to make an appointment to go and see the doctor. However, the doctor is here with us, so take advantage of the doctor being here by either calling the number 021-442-3530. That's 021-442-3530, and you can pose your question directly to the doctor. Otherwise, you can send me an SMS, the number 47913. 47913. However, if you do send me the SMS for uh, three things, not four, three things that is always needed the gender, the age, the weight. That is, uh, that you must include in your SMS and try and give as much information as possible so then the doctor can do the necessary to try and make a diagnosis over the telephone, inshallah. And of course, if you'd like to speak to the doctor yourself, then the number is 021. 442-3530. That's 021-442-3530. Now, uh, Dr. Shant, we're looking at the change of season. That's correct, right. yes. And with change of season, you also, as uh, medical practitioners, also encounter a lot of new things that, not new in the sense, but new uh, illnesses that is actually related to the season, isn't it? Yes. And I'm, I'm thinking about allergies as an example. Yeah. That's correct. When we talk about allergies, uh, what is a, an allergic reaction actually? Okay. Um, an, an allergic reaction is where your body sort of responds to a, a outside stimulus mm. in a, an exaggerated way. Right. So it responds in a way that it's far more worse than someone without an allergy right so for example if you're allergic to dust mm. i mean we all of us are exposed to dust right. but if you're allergic to dust your reaction to it is so much more than a normal person mm. so you'll get the sneezing the coughing the itchy eyes or whatever right. the case may be right right so it's a it's a reaction that's mediated or it's um by specific rea- um, chemicals within the body mm. and those chemicals then um cause a specific reaction on, in whichever part of the body is affected right, right. and then you get a, a, what we call an allergic reaction mm-hmm. and then you get allergies that can affect both the nose, the eyes, the throat, the mm. lungs, the skin right. and then by those we're referring to hay fever, allergic conjunctivitis, um, asthma mm. and eczema right. and I'm sure our listeners are pretty familiar or know of somebody who, ha- who has that right. and um, we find that the allergies can either be seasonal or perennial. Perennial right. means that they're throughout the year. All the time. 
and seasonal is genuine as a change in the seasons. Mm. And we are currently in the onset of spring, although it doesn't seem like that today. <laughs> um, and with the onset of spring, you get the um, uh, increased prevalence, increased incidence of, uh, of allergies. Right. And we've been seeing a lot of people now whose allergies have actually sort of come to the fore and they're suffering quite a bit. Mm. Uh, asthmatics, so chest have become tight. Uh, sinus sufferers, whose uh, uh, hay fever and sinusitis has flared up and right. they have the blocked nose, runny nose, itchy nose, itchy eyes. And then there's those with uh, skin allergies, the eczema, and that you know, starts right. it. Now, uh, when we look at these allergies, uh, how would you determine whether it is uh, something like pollen or something like it, or whether it's, let's say, um, uh, dust in the house or the, you know, any of the fabrics in the house, maybe the carpet. How would you determine that? Firstly, one can be allergic to practically anything. Right. Um, the, we, we're exposed to so many factors out there and just depends on your genetic makeup. Mm. If, if it's in the family or uh, various other factors, you can react to it. Um, the most important way to determine what you're allergic to is what we call by a good history. Right. So we've got to actually ask you exactly when does it occur. Mm. Does it happen when you sweep the carpets, you start sniffing and sneezing? Right. It's most likely dust. Um, does it happen when you're outside in the garden or when you're running on a soccer field and it could be pollen? Or right. So you've got to take a detailed history from the patient and based on that you can more or less determine mm. with a certain amount of certainty um, what they're allergic to. And to confirm that, you can go on to do blood tests or what we call skin prick tests, so further investigations to confirm what you suspect might right. be the causative agent. Sure, sure. Now, uh, when you look at things like, uh, let's say the person is an asthma sufferer. Yes. Is asthma, in all instances, an allergic reaction or can it also be some other medical condition or medical condition on its own? Asthma, by the very definition, when you say asthma, right. when you have the wheezing, it's an allergic reaction okay. to some sort of s stimulus right. or, uh, element that you breathe in. So it will be an external uh, stimulus. Stimulus. Right. Like, so something that you breathe in, that's in the air that you breathe in, that uh. settles in your lungs and uh. causes a reaction. Right. That's asthma, but it can be it can be uh, environmental. It can be even occupational asthma, where, right. where you certain people in the in their workplace they breathe in the fumes or they breathe in uh, um, mist or what or dust dust that they work with, mm. um, metal dust or whatever, and inhaling that and they develop a reaction to those where right. the chest gets tight, produces phlegm, and they start coughing. Okay, but asthma by definition is generally allergic reaction. Right. If you if it's maybe due to smoking or something else, um, then uh, it's 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 something else. It's right. not it's not asthma. It could be either emphysema or something. Right, yeah. brought on by smoking. Yeah, course. and and the main thing about asthma, it's what we call reversible. In other words, you get um, symptoms that come on, mm. uh, where where the airways become narrow or they become full of mucus. But with the right treatment, or if you take away whatever's causing it, it reverses back to normal. Right, right. So the main thing about asthma, it's a reversible um, condition of the airways, sure. where where you differentiate that place from someone who's got uh, chronic obstructive airways disease or emphysema, where due to smoking, their lungs mm. are damaged, mm. that's not reversible. Right. It's a 
permanent, it's a permanent condition. condition. Right. So that's a big, a big thing where you can differentiate between that and, and, and asthma. Right. If, if there's reversibility, whether you nebulizer, you use a nebulizer, whether you use a pump, and mm. you can actually reverse the symptoms, mm. open up the chest, and you're back to norm, breathing right. back to normal again. Right. The other question, uh, Dr. Shant, when we talk about uh, skin conditions, and I'm thinking now of especially little ones, babies. Yes. Um, why is it that uh, one find that the little ones, they are more prone to these eczemas? You see many of these little children with eczema. Why is that? What brings that on? Um, it's, again, quite a few factors involved. There's the genetic uh, predisposition. In other words, if the parents are, have allergies, mm. um, be it hay fever, asthma, eczema themselves, the kids tend to inherit that specific gene and they develop it. So it's heredity. Heredity. Right. And in certain factors, the, um, because they're still young, the immune system is still sort of um, not fully well well developed. Mm. The reactions mm. occur quicker. Right. Um, the skin is um, sometimes the milk that they drink, if they right. have cow's milk um, exposure can bring it on. Mm. Um, and skin skin is dry, that can aggravate it. So there are a lot of things that you have to take into consideration. Right, right, right. But, um, and, but fortunately, a lot of them grow out of it as they get older. Right, right. Alhamdulillah. So it's not like, also, not a permanent condition. No, okay. not, not all of them. Not all of them. Yeah. But some you do find it some, some, Some is permanent, yeah. All right, unfortunately. All right, uh, as I said, if you'd like to speak to Dr. Rishad Musa yourself, the number is 021-442-3530. Otherwise, you can send your SMS. And remember, this evening it's general medical questions. So whatever medical question you have, Dr. Rishad uh, is is a family physician, so he works with family, and that's about just about anything and everything. Uh, am I correct? That's uh, correct yeah. Right. Let me go to my first SMS. Is <coughs> is there a concern if your heart pounds heavily for about an hour or more? It occurs every three or four days for two months. Had heart up five years ago. Have Cat, this is cat, 72 kilograms, 62 years, and it's a female. So the female is uh, 62 years old, yes. and she weighs uh, 72 kilograms. Okay. Um, the important question would be to know what the... Um, she, had, she said she had some surgery done. Some surgery. Of, uh, yeah, I had a heart operation five years ago, and the person then says had CAD. Okay, that's... CAD is, uh, I would imagine, coronary artery disease. Mm. So she probably had, by, could have had bypass surgery right. or had some stents put in. Mm. Um, if the heart pounds for an hour every three months. Yeah. No, no. Three days. Um, yeah, three days. Uh, for every three or four days, it It'll comes count. on and it pounds for about an hour or more. Or more. Mm. Well, it depends what she's doing at that time. Is there something that brings it on? Is she does she has she had a, too much a ca coffee to drink, or she upset or exerts herself physically that uh -huh. can cause her heart to pound, um, which is which is natural. But if it happens completely at rest and she has other symptoms, whether it's shortness of breath or maybe a bit of chest pain, right. then it is something to worry right. about. And the best uh, thing would be for her to have herself checked out by her family doctor. Right. 
something you've mentioned there when you said about maybe this, maybe that. You made mention of coffee. And uh, very often I hear doctors in here talk about the use of <coughs> coffee and tea. Why, why did you mention coffee? What would coffee do with the heart? Coffee uh, contains caffeine, and caffeine is a stimulant. Mm-hmm. So in other words, it increases your heart rate. Okay. So it causes your heart to beat faster. And uh, when it beats faster, you then become more aware of it. Okay. Uh, it can feel like it's pounding. The palpitations then. Yeah. All right. So, so, and would <coughs> tea do the same, uh, Dr. Shah? Tea, not, not to that extent as caffeine. Okay. Coffee, yeah. So if you want to be cool, drink tea. <laughs> if you want to be, okay, let's leave it at that. But okay, so you say that caffeine can actually cause havoc. In other words, if a person's got a heart, now I'm just asking now, if a person's got a heart condition, it would be better to steer clear of... You need too much of coffee. Too much coffee, okay. Shukran for that. Let's go to our next one. When a baby that will be born next month is more than three kilograms, should you worry? The baby's not born yet. But it's three kilograms already. Already. Well, the baby's quite big, um, but if the mother is big, is, is big built. In right. other words, she's got a, a pelvis, pelvic bones are mm. sort of big, then it shouldn't be a problem. Right. If mother is small um, and has a small pelvis, there might be might be a problem. But generally, we're more concerned if the baby is over four kilograms okay. at um, at. At birth. Okay. Three okay. kilograms is should be fine. It should still be okay. Yeah. All right. Okay, so it's about the mom's physique then. Mom's physique right. and, uh, yeah, and we generally more worry more about it if the baby's over four kilograms. And just on that, uh, when you talk <coughs> about the physique of the mom, and let's say a mom with small powers, are you actually talking about childbirth? Yeah, for childbirth. For childbirth. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Remember, my number is 021-442-3530. The SMS line 47913. Got quite a few SMSs that we're going to go through after this. Back with you with uh, the night surgery and my guest here this evening, Dr. Irshad Musa, who is a family physician and he practices at Cromboom uh, Medi Center, Cromboom Road in Crawford. His telephone number there is 021-696-8789. 021-696-8789. And that's, of course, to make an appointment to go and see the respected doctor. Well, doctor, let me go to our next uh, SMS. And this one has got quite a bit of information. Yes. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. Uh, doctor, a couple of a couple of, then it says four years ago, again, I don't know if it's a couple of years or four years, but a couple of four years ago, <coughs> my legs started to burn a lot. I went to the day hospital. They gave me amitriptyline. Didn't help. They referred me to GSH. They just looked at my leg and said they don't see anything wrong, but now sometimes I can't tramp on my left leg. Then I get sore by my lower shin. A couple of minutes, then it's gone. The pain comes and goes, and my leg is very, very dry. It makes a cracking sound all the time when I bend. All right, so that, 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 that's so, the information I've got. Yeah. Um, the cause of this, that, that it could be diabetes can cause a burning pain in, in the leg. Mm-hmm. Um, poor circulation, 
and osteoarthritis. Mm. Um, we don't have all the information at hand, so we're not sure if, if he was tested for diabetes, if he's been te- his circulation has been tested, right. if he's got osteoarthritis. Also, uh, if there's um, a pinched nerve in the lower back, that can also cause pain and pins and needles and funny sensations mm. in the leg and cause it to give way. Um, Amitriptyline is generally used if there's that, uh, nerve pain. Um, so if it didn't help, then it, it might not be nerve pain. Mm. Um, it's, it, he needs to see his family physician and get checked out for diabetes, right. for circulatory problems, for pinched nerve in his mm. back, and mm. la- last but not least, osteoarthritis, which can be causing the cracking sounds in his okay. in his legs. Okay. And the, the dry... Very dryness of the leg. I don't know if it's the leg, the joints that's dry, or the leg itself it's dry. Right. You can get you can get dry skin. Right. Um, with poor circulation, with diabetes, your skin can become dry, and uh-huh. then obviously dry joints with osteoarthritis. With right. Wear and tear. Um, so without all that information, it's difficult to say which one it is. Uh-huh. Um, all right, so it could be any one of those. So you say the best thing is go see your doctor. Go see his family physician and have the, have him uh, check check him out for all those four conditions. Inshallah. Salam. So, um, uh, what is the umbilical hemia, or what is the umbilical hemia, uh, or uh, inguinal hernia? Because my son, who is six weeks old, his navel stands out and has a flat base. Doesn't look like a normal navel should look like uh, should look like. Okay, it doesn't look like a normal navel should look like. Should I be worried? No, you, you're referring to um, umbilical hernia, yeah, um, which is at the belly button, where the belly button protrudes. It's very common in uh, newborns. That's where the umbilical cord was, which attached the baby when it was in in the womb right. to the to the placenta and to mom. Mm. And very commonly after birth, that um, area where the umbilical cord was uh, was cut off mm. um, doesn't doesn't close completely. The, the, so you get a bit of a protrusion, right. umbilical hernia. And most times, with time and uh, as a baby grows, that will actually close up, the, mm. and then the hernia will go away. Sometimes um, it doesn't happen, and there are simple procedures that can be done to f- to fix that. Right, right. The inguinal hernia is further is lower down, mm-hmm. and it's more near his groin. Okay. And that's also due to uh, um, underdevelopment of the structures there. Um, and a hernia basically is where the where there's uh, the, the the wall of the abdomen is a bit weak, and the the structures inside sort of push up and form a little ball or bubble right. that you can push down again. But in kids it's common and sometimes it will uh, eventually go away. So there again, uh, just to have it checked out that there's no complications that can develop you must mm. them see the family doctor. The inguinal and the umbilical hernia, is it related in any way? No. That uh, it's happening at the same time kind of thing? No, no. It's just coincidental. Oh, right. Okay. So there's nothing... That's going to say it is uh, because of this that that also happened. No. All right. Shukran. Salam, Dr. Mutasif. Welcome, Salam. It was first sarcoids, now it's alveolitis. On prednisones, uh, x rays show clear lungs. Alhamdulillah, but I cough forever and top back pain. 
any advice, Canala? Female, 54 years old and 79 kilograms. Okay, alveolitis is um, inflammation of the very uh, of the, the tissue within the lungs. So sometimes you can't really p- see it on X-rays, mm-hmm. but it will cause you to to cough, um, and obviously the coughing will give you if you cough a lot, will give you a backache. Uh, <coughs> the prednisone should actually should help. Mm. Um, breathing exercises, physiotherapy, should also help with the cough. So it'd be a good idea if you if if the, the this person can go and see the the physio. Right. Okay. Um, just for information, sarcoids. What's that? Sarcoid is a condition where you get um, sort of inf- inflammation developing within the lungs, m- mainly. Uh, so, like inflammatory areas that form little uh, uh, round areas that can constrict or press on the airways in the lungs. Mm and cause you to cough. Right. Um, It's sometimes quite commonly confused with TB, Mm. but it's unlike, it's not an infection like TB, it's just an inflammatory, uh, just the body just becomes inflamed for no apparent reason on the inside and forms these little sort of uh, uh, big lumps in the lungs that can press on the airways Mm. and cause you to cough. Mm. And we normally treat that with prednisone. We don't know why some people get it, and um, but it's just one of those things. And is that serious? Generally, no. If it's treated properly with prednisone, it's and and it doesn't affect the major airways. Mm, it's mm. not that serious. No. All right. Okay. Um, let's go to our next question. Uh, <coughs> Salam, can you tell me what is the cause of Swaybrand? Swaybrand. <laughs> Very common. I think we all suffered from Swaybrand at some stage in our lives. It's uh, when you get act extra acid, excessive acid buildup in the stomach. Mm. And there's a lot of things that can cause that. Um, or if you eat, eat a lot of spicy food, if you eat a, a, lot, a lot of gassy cool drinks, um, if you miss meals, if you smoke, if you drink, um, uh, if you stress too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very commonly, we go to bed at night and lie down in bed and ha- have something to eat and drink while we're lying in bed late at night. That can also bring on, on, on Swaybrand. Mm or heartburn, heartburn right. um, medication, dyspirins, aspirins, grandpas, some of your voltarins, those can also cause it. And chewing gum, peppermint, spearmints in some people, even chocolate in some people can cause it as well. All right, all right. This is the question once again on what you just said. You said if you miss a meal. Yes. Uh, please explain that to us. <coughs> um, we all have stomach acid. Um, to help digest food. Right. If you miss a meal, then the stomach acid just builds up, and it can then cause uh, you can push up into the food pipe and cause a bit of uh, heartburn. Mm. Mm. So, if you eat regularly, then you'll find that that, that stomach acid then works on the food, and there's right. not uh, excess build up to push up into your food pipe. Okay. <coughs> this one question, one last question on that, doctor. Can hiatus hernia also cause that? Yes. Okay. Uh, 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 hiatus hernia is where there's a, a where the stomach part of the stomach actually pushes up into the diaphragm, in, right. up into the chest, and with that you get acid coming up as well, mm. and then it, co- it gets into the food pipe and causes heartburn. Right. <coughs> Can that be repaired though? The, the, the hernia, the hernia, hiatus hernia. It can be repaired um, by surgical means. They can do, a, do an right. operation to All repair right. it. 
Salam doctor, I had pneumonia in my left lung. Alhamdulillah, I'm much better. Oh, I'm a bit better, my friend. I'm a bit better. But after that, I'm having migraines for the past two weeks daily. I can't even tilt my head. <coughs> I've been drinking painkillers daily about six to eight per day maximum. It's sometimes, it's something to worry about. Is it something to worry about, I think? I don't think the pneumonia will have a direct bear. If the pneumonia has been treated and it's improving, um, it's unlikely you have to have a direct bearing on on your head, causing headaches. Mm. Um, unless the pneumonia is not getting better and you're quite ill from the pneumonia, there are some sort of rare sort of complications of the ammonia that can cause um, problems with the head. It's best to have yourself checked out mm. um, by your family doctor um, to make sure that there's uh, no infection developing in the head mm. from the pneumonia. Um, yeah, and get the appropriate treatment. Right. right. But I don't, I don't think you should ignore the headaches, especially if you've been if, if you're not used to getting headaches mm. and the headaches are something new for you. I wouldn't I wouldn't ignore it. I was going to have it seen to. Seen to. Yeah. Right. And uh, a person using between six and eight pain tablets daily, is that a cause for concern? Yes, especially depends what type of painkillers. Um, uh, sp- those with that, that contain codeine, mm. um, like your Sankadans, your Mypadols, your Genpains, and uh, Sindols and Adkadols, if you use that often enough, you actually become dependent on it, and you can okay. actually develop what we call rebound headaches or dependency headaches, oh. where your body gets so used to taking those tablets because, it's, especially if you take them for so many for over a period of time, mm. um, you actually become dependent, addicted to it, and you you'll actually develop pain or headaches just so you can keep on taking those tablets. Oh. So that's what we call rebound right. uh, rebound headaches. Right. Um, uh, it's a very common problem. People end up taking painkillers for whatever reason, and it improves the pain, and the coding gives a sense of uh, feeling good, sense, right. sense of feeling, right. and that uh, they keep on taking it because right. they want to feel like that. And right. eventually, they uh, can't do without it, and when they do try and stop it, then they get a what we call rebound pain, rebound headaches, mm. which then mm. causes them to f- to carry on taking. They want to take it again. Take it again. Mm. Um, so yeah, we do. That's why overseas, uh, in overseas, a lot of uh, in a lot of countries, you can't actually buy syn- any tablets with codeine in, like your Sindels, your Sankadins, and your Genpains, without getting a doctor's certificate, right? Uh, prescription. prescription, right? Um, South Africa is one of the few countries where you can still go and buy it over the counter without a prescription. Mm-hmm. When people talk about migraines, mm-hmm. um, a question on that: What brings on migraines? Um, firstly, migraines tend to run. There is a genetic uh, factor, so right. it can be passed from from parent to child. Mm-hmm. And then there's various trigger factors. The common ones are um, lack of sleep, uh, stress. Um, some people have the um, uh, certain foodstuffs and drinks or triggers. Caffeine is another one. Okay. Um, so they, it, and it varies from person to person. Mm-hmm. So when people say that they feel this. Uh, 
migrant coming on, they're not uh, actually um, just saying it for the sake of, you know, getting it, wanting attention. It's actually a serious thing. Yeah, first you've got to determine, is it really a migraine? Uh-huh. Uh, people use migraine loosely to right. to right. to describe any headache. Any headache, right. Migraine is a very specific type of headache. Um, usually it's it's one-sided It's uh, and it throbs. You get a sensation. A lot of people have a, a strange what you call aura, a sensation mm. that they experience to herald the, 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 the onset of the pain. They get it just before they get the pain. Mm. And the pain is quite severe. There's nausea, there's vomiting. Light and sound makes it worse, so you finally have to go lie down in a dark, quiet right, room. Right. And then after the, some people, a few hours, some people, a couple of days, it eventually goes away. Um, women get it maybe just before they get their periods. Right. So, uh, so that's a specific type of headache. Hmm. And your, sometimes your only painkillers don't work with that. Okay. And usually a throbbing something pounding in mm. your head. Mm. Then you get, uh, which is m- by far the most common type of headaches, tension headaches, right. where headaches which are forms like a band, the tightness around your head. Mm. People say it comes from the neck up. Right. It forms like something squeezing their, their brains. Right. And that can vary in intensity from mild to quite severe mm. with nausea. Mm. Um, and that's generally stress-related. Right. Um, right. But it's very common. And... Those, the ones who suffer with those tension headaches right. are the ones that tend to end up abusing all these painkillers. Ah, okay. Thank you very much for that, uh, doctor. Give us a better understanding about the migraines especially. Mm. Okay, just before we go for a break, Assalamu alaikum. I'm waiting for my son to be tested as kidney donor for his mother. How long will the process take? And uh, any health tips that you can give? I'll be honest with you, but uh, I'm not quite sure what how long the the process takes. Mm. Um, I must actually speak to the the relevant uh, specialists regarding that. Right. Um, obviously, as far as health tips are concerned, it was, it was just live healthily. Right. right. The, the sun must obviously not smoke and exercise, eat correctly, drink lots of water, mm. and um, eat a well balanced diet. And uh, keeps keeps his body healthy, healthy right. and in, in turn will keep his kidneys healthy, mm, mm, and mm. avoid taking uh, medication if unnecessary because that, lots of medication can affect the kidneys as well. All right, all right, all right. On that point, seeing that you've touched on that, does that mean that many of the medication that we take <coughs> do have some serious side effects? Because that is serious if it affects your kidneys. So some serious side effects, even if it's uh, minute for now but as time goes on i'm sure it can actually become more serious isn't it yes uh, absolutely um any th- medication if you take it uh, long enough hmm. for the chronic use right can affect the kidneys not all of them right. i mean but there are a few that can do that um in particular like your anti-inflammatories right um, sometimes your voltarins and your brufens if you take it long enough hmm. They can uh, affect the kidneys right. um, slowly um, over a, pe- a long period of time. Um, so therefore, if you, if, if you can avoid it, right. avoid it. On that, what about insulin? Because many times you ask these doctors or doctors and you get different answers mm-hmm. to the question, 
if you take insulin, if you're a chronic uh, diabetic, uh, diabetic mm. and you take insulin, and, yes. uh, can it affect your kidneys over a period? Insulin per se, no. Yeah. But diabetes, yes. All Uncontrolled right. diabetes All will right. affect the, the kidneys. Okay. So if you leave your, if you don't control your diabetes, right, it will cause kidney damage. All right. So the insulin is there to try and control it. All so right. Okay. So it's as if I've just heard it from the textbook because that's what I hear every time, and I'm not trying to catch nobody out. Yeah. Just to hear yeah. if it is, but I keep on hearing that. So it's not the insulin that's causing any damage. It's when the diabetes is not actually controlled. Yes. That is what's causing the damage. When your sugar levels stay high. Right. And then that will cause kidney damage eventually. There you go. Let's take a break. We'll be back after this. Uh, just before we go for that big <laughs> mouth, Abida, I uh, just want to tell the listeners, Canala, no more SMSs. I've got enough now. And I need the... Uh, Dr. Irashat Moosa to be in his surgery tomorrow morning, so he can't stay here too long. <laughs> My guest this evening is Dr. Irashat Moosa, who is a family physician and is uh, practicing at Kromboom Medicenter, Kromboom Road in uh, Crawford, and the telephone number there, 21 021-696-8789 that is to make an appointment not to phone the doctor and say I missed your program <laughs> uh, actually no it's our appointment that that means Mark right this one uh, uh, Salam doctor is it safe to take Tremadol when breastfeeding Walaikum Salam I do not think it's safe to take Tremadol when you're breastfeeding um Tramadol is an opiate. It's quite a strong painkiller, uh, pain and it will get passed on to the baby via mm. the breast milk, and um, baby will 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 suffer with effects from that. Okay, all right. So stay clear. Yes, stay clear. All right. So, I'm doctor, I had uh, in 2010, I was diagnosed because of stress. Two stents were placed in me. When I stressed like today. In children's court, I got sharp pain at the left side. Is it normal? Firstly, uh, heart-related pain. Um, you'd say, uh, the caller said that they um, had two stents two put stents in. Put in. So heart-related pain is generally a, a central pain that's sort of pressing or burning or something that's sort of squeezing you or choking you. And with that, you get nausea, sweating, and mm. that sort of thing. Whereas if it's very much to the one side, sort of uh, on the left side, and it's sharp and sort of, so let's say, a stick pain, usually that's more muscular due to stress. Mm. Although when you do, if you do get excited and you work yourself up, you can, you can get angina, heart-type pains. But mm. then, that, like I said, that's more central. It's more pressing. Mm. It's more um, like a burning sensation moves up into your neck and on either side of your arms. So... From what she's describing, I do not think it's um, heart-related. Mm. However, it's always best to go have yourself checked out at your family doctor if you're worried about it. Inshallah. So I'm, I'm pregnant with my sixth baby. Three normal births, two C-sections. Is it a fact that after the third C-section, one should sterilize? I'm so anti-TL. <coughs> 
We generally the, the the general recommendation is that after th- uh, three seizures, uh, it's risky to to uh, fall pregnant again um, because of the uh, pressure on the scarred uterus. You've had three scars from three seizures, mm-hmm. and uh, if uh, you should fall pregnant again, there's always that risk that that scar might rupture. Okay. Um, I think you need to discuss this with your with the gynae and and make an informed mm. decision regarding that. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. This um, unfortunately this SMS didn't come through properly. Assalamualaikum, Yusuf, and to all in the studio, Dr. Irshad Musa is our family GP for many years. Alhamdulillah. Just to let you know, my 11-year-old daughter Zara and I, and then that's where it stops. And then this one word, Imran. So. Uh, I think the, the the body of the message has disappeared somewhere in <laughs> cyberspace. <laughs> Sorry about that. That is uh, number 9565. But doctor has heard that your 11-year-old Zara and you, but unfortunately that's all that came through. So I'm Dr. Mbita Yusuf. My son is 15 years old, was diagnosed with hyperdynamic heart, low pulse rate. Doctor said it's normal. Please advise Canala. He is very sleepy. How old is the fifteen-year-old diagnosed with hyperdynamic heart uh, and a low pulse rate? Fifteen-year-old. Uh, it's the first time I'm hearing of this term, hyperdynamic heart. Mm. Mm. Um, if I, I think a hyperdynamic heart means that it's working overtime, or it's a very strong heart, and hence it's got a slow pulse rate. Um, it's difficult to. To assess this case without mm. getting a, a lot more information, right. a, a lot more history from 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 this uh, particular case, mm. so I won't be able to comment. Um, I think if 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 he wants to get uh, m- m- a better recommendation, he mm. should go see his family doctor. Inshallah. Salam. I was at the doctor four weeks ago due to sinus infection and earache for more than one month. Doc said, I have heavy fluid buildup behind eardrum, whilst on antibiotics seems to have come back. That's all it is. Yeah, with, with allergic rhinitis and sinusitis, um, you do get fluid buildup in your middle ears. Um, it's quite common because your ears and your nose and your throat are all linked. Um, antibiotics alone is not going to clear it. It'll clear up any infection, but if there's still fluid, which mm. might be um, uninfected fluid in your behind your eardrums, it, it can quite commonly come back after, um, even though you've been treated with antibiotics. Mm. So generally we say try and treat the, uh, uh, the sinusitis and allergic rhinitis aggressively um, mm. with various medications. That doesn't help, then you might need to have grommets put in if you still have fluid behind mm. your eardrums. So allow the fluid to jump to drain out. Yeah. So would the, the sinusitis be the cause of the fluid buildup? Yeah, it can be. All right. Um, your sinuses and the back of your nose and your eustachian tubes that connect the ears mm. are all linked. Mm. Mm. So when you have uh, sinusitis, a congestion and swelling of the back of your nose as well, right. and that blocks the eustachian tubes that drain the fluid out of the middle ears. So the fluid can't drain, drain out, so the mucus just collects and builds up in your middle ears. Right. So if you want to get the swelling and down and allow all the uh, fluid to drain out, you need to treat the sinusitis mm. Uh, mm. properly and uh, mm. 
And we generally recommend nasal sprays and, say, right. and that sort of thing. Sounds very strange when you talk about the nose and you say the mucus building up in the ear. Uh, I mean... Uh, yeah. Uh, the ear, nose and throat are all yeah. linked, yeah. Because, uh, you know, the, the layman's term, snot collecting in your ear. <laughs> I can't <laughs> understand. But that's what exactly it's all about. Yeah. All right. What we need to do is uh, take another quick commercial break. I've got a few more SMSs for the doctor. And as I said, I'm not taking any more. So, Canela, don't even send it because I'm not going to read it because I've closed the SMS line for now. After I said earlier, no more SMSs. But first, take a break. Night surgery it is, and of course I have with me Dr. Irshad Moosan and the respected doctor practices at Kromboom uh, uh, Medi Center, that's Kromboom Road, Crawford. And of course the doctor is a family physician. Now, as I said, I've got a few more questions for you, doctor. So, doctor, whenever I eat papaya, lately on its own or in a fruit salad, I get severe stomach cramps. Why does this happen? You, you could have developed some sort of uh, a reaction to the uh, papaya. Um, there could also be excess acid buildup in your stomach and the papaya is aggravating, especially when you have it with other fruit salads, if it's, in particular if it's a lot of citric, citrus fruits. Mm-hmm. Um, if, you're having, if, if, if it becomes problematic, the best, the best solution is not to have papaya. Right, right. Um, abstinence. Um, yeah, but I, th- I think you just need to go and have yourself checked out by your family physician just to make sure there's no uh, stomach issues that are starting to develop mm. now. Right. Would it be something, uh, things like ulcers or something like pept- that? Yeah, peptic ulcers, peptic stomach, ulcers. Uh, stomach ulcers. Right. So I'm a 63-year-old after bladder op, been on tramadol for three years. After superpubic catheter was removed, always have perennial pain. Grudeskin says they cannot make a diagnosis, so they still give tramadol. And the person then wants you to just advise. Yeah, that's a difficult one. Um, that should You should actually speak to your urologist who's been treating you to, to um, advise you on what, on what to do there. Mm. Um, sometimes if you're on painkillers for too long then and you stop taking the painkillers, you still feel the pain sometimes. Right, right. Um, but I think in this case, he needs to speak to the urologist to, right. to get a specialist opinion. Okay. Salam, doctor. I get severe headache from passive smoking. I run far away when I see someone smokes near me. Please advise about the new smoking law in Cars Canala as people are inconsiderate about their babies and children. I'm not aware of there being specific smoking laws in cars. If there were, it would also be very difficult to uh, implement and to, <laughs> mm. to, to monitor. But smoking, passive smoking does come with its uh, um, problems. It can affect your sinuses. You get sinus congestion, and that can give you headaches. Right. Um, with kids and that, they can uh, predispose them or uh, make the kids more likely to develop asthma and allergies as well. Right. Right. Um, and we know that smoking in, can cause uh, lung cancers and mm. throat cancers and a whole lot of other cancers as well. Yeah, so 
it's difficult to 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 comment on the smoke on the laws. Yeah. Well, but uh, doc, is it true, or is it the myth that has been said that passive smoking is actually more dangerous than the actual inhaling of the smoke when you actually smoke? No, I won't say it's more dangerous. Mm. Um, it is dangerous. But not more dangerous. Than the one pulling on, or dragging on the cigarette. No. All right. All right. Uh, and this, Dr. Yershad, I'm sure you're going to say, Alhamdulillah, is your last question. <laughs> I have a catheter in, doctor. The doctor said I have a diabetic bladder or a neuropathic bladder. Yes. My brain don't tell me when my blood is full. Yes. Is there a cure? I don't want the catheter in anymore. I need help, Kanala. There is there's a new, new uh, research and new developments um, where they uh, put in some electrical transponders into the bladder that when the bladder fills up, it, it sort of sends a signal to, to you to uh, make you aware that you need to go to the to the toilet and empty right. your bladder. Firstly, it's a new new development. Secondly, it's very expensive. Mm-hmm. And it's only available, uh, if I believe, uh, if I stand to be corrected in the, the private sector. Right. And thirdly, it's it there's um, the success rate is not 100 percent. Okay. So there is still a chance it might not work. Right. 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 So one has to consider all those factors before deciding do you want to go with that. Right. Can I ask you, doctor, when we talk about uh, neuropathic bladder, mm. diabetic bladder, and a person be having a catheter, is it because the, the person just urinates without being able to control it, or, or what exactly is it, the situation? With a, with a neuropathic or neurogenic bladder, neuropathic bladder, mm. um, with uncontrolled diabetes, and that's why we, we all of all the, uh, f- the medical fraternity, mm. you always we're always very concerned about people who don't control their diabetes right. because it has so many uncontrolled diabetes, high sugar levels, has so many complications on the body, mm. and <clears throat> they develop over a period of time. But once they set in, then it, it's very uncomfortable for the patient, and, the, and this is a, a typical example. What happens is that uncontrolled diabetes, the peripheral nerves, the nerves at the end of your body and mm. your feet and the bladder tends to get affected and they don't work anymore. Right. So now the normal sensation you would get when your bladder fills up that you need to go and read, the nerve that sends that sensation doesn't work anymore because right. it's been affected and, it, and damaged by the diabetes. Right. So you don't have that sensation. So what happens, your bladder fills up and you don't know you need to to go. Mm. Um, so they put a catheter in because you can't walk around the full bladder because uh, it'll backflow into right, the kidneys and right. it'll damage the kidneys. Right, right. So you, you have to urinate because of the, uh, you, that's how you get rid of all your toxins and your wastes right. and the urine. Right. So you can't keep that in the body. So they put a catheter in to let it drain out. Mm. And the catheter has to stay in because um, it's got to keep on draining out uh, right. when it gets full because mm. you don't have any control over it. Okay. I did say a final one, but this one slipped through the back door now. Salam, 68-year-old female with bladder pain. Walaikum salam. What would cause bladder pain? Bladder pain. Bladder pain in a 68-year-old female. 68-year-old female, bladder pain. Uh, it's a very general term. Bladder pain would, 
mean any pain lower part of the abdomen over mm. the bladder and you've if you've got your bladder there you've got your ovaries there you've got your womb there so the pain could come from any one of those structures right. even the muscles there if you're talking specifically about the bladder you can have urine bladder infections or your an older woman the bladder can drop and cause a bit of discomfort uh, mm. recurrent infections um and even backache, if you've got a pinched nerve in your lower back, can cause you to have pain in the front over the bladder. So okay. there's a lot of a lot of possibilities. You need to have yourself checked out by your family physician right. and to to determine exactly what's causing it and yeah. then treat it appropriately. Right. When you talk about the bladder that could drop, or even a person could look at a womb that drops, mm. what complications can that cause besides the pain? Now, um, firstly, why does it happen? Right. Uh, in the older women, as they lose the estrogen and as it's the, they get older, the muscle, the pelvic floor muscles become a bit more lax. Right. Especially if they're not that physically active. <clears throat> and when the muscles become lax and the ligaments become lax, everything sort of just drops. Okay. Because uh, there's no control. There's no uh, support. Support. That's uh, it. Yeah. Uh, the muscles right. and ligaments have become weaker and they mm. just drop. So. Mm. And also those who've had surgery down at the, in, in those areas, the, the muscles and the ligaments become weaker, so right. they tend to drop. So when it drops, you, the, the functioning is affected to a certain degree, mm. and then they tend to pick up a lot of infections, especially in the bladder. Right. So the, the older woman will get lots of urinary tract infections, and sometimes they, do not, they don't even realize that they have it. Right. And they, they get ill, they get a fever or something, and they get dizzy and but they don't complain specifically be about a bladder right. problem right. until you test them for it and you realize they got a bladder infection okay even drop wombs as well you can get pain and they can get inf um, infections there as well right 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 well on that note dr Gershart, i need to say shukran very much it's been wonderful having you here once again and i might be calling on in the near future once again inshallah if i may no. I run up my ball. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let me just say to the listeners once again, Dr. Ershad Musa is a family physician practicing at Kromboom Medicine Center, Kromboom Road in Crawford. And the telephone number, if you'd like to make an appointment to go see the respected doctor, 021-696-8789. 021-696-8789. So as I said, Shukran very much, and uh, may Allah subhanahu wa always guide and protect you. Amen. And may Allah grant you all the wisdom to continue to be of service to humanity for as long as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should uh, keep you with us, inshallah. Amen. Amen. Shukran is a Af pleasure. Af one. Af one. So pleasure. until I see you once again, like this, uh, and hopefully not. Me on my back. Assalamu <laughs> <laughs> alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.